You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. This is Grant. Let's talk about the 90s. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. And the bad things. That may be. Let's talk about sex. Uh-uh. They, they're supposed to be the... The 90s, sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's sometime in the future. The ultimate challenge. He went off at the end. He really did. Like, jingles from 90s toys were, they literally were like Billboard Top 100 chart songs. <laughs> well, like, they were almost more impactful than the games themselves. Like, did you ever play Crossfire? Do you know anyone no, who had it? No. No, but mm-hmm. I remember that commercial. I, yeah. Same with the the Skip It. Remember that toy? Oh, yeah. I hated it because I feel like it just would hit people's ankles and shit. I didn't have one. One of my neighbors had one, I think. I definitely oh, played wow. it. It was okay. Yeah, I don't think I was even be allowed to have one because I feel like it was kind of a borderline girl toy and my parents were like yeah. very heteronormative back then. I'm pretty sure my neighbors who had it, it was like the older sister who who got the Skip It, but then all of us used it because like, why does Skip It need a gender? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, boys would be skipping football. Uh, so yeah, those toys were... Like, the songs are always memorable. I feel like that's how I remember the 90s. It's, like, from jingles, themes, and, like, phrases. Well, I can't remember, like, songs that I love that I listened to, like, yesterday. Like, I can't remember the lyrics of, but I still have ingrained in my head. Like, we just watched the Tony the Tiger commercial, and I still knew most of the lyrics. It's uh, like, damn, man. Hey, TV. Tony. I like the things you do. Hey, Tony. If I could, I would be you. You're the one and only tiger with the one and only taste. You know how to take a breakfast and make it great. Frosted flakes are more than good. They're great. Yeah. (laughs) See, like Like, how messed up is it that I know this? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I remember all that stuff. I mean, it's crazy to even think that like. The Rembrandt's uh, song, I'll Be There For You, for, like, mm. Friends, it's like a 90s theme. So, like, when you think everybody knows that, everybody knows the clap, and everybody knows how to hit it on beat, and it's yeah. like it comes from the 90s. Well, I was watching, so this is a good segue. So, we we asked last week, why were the 90s so woke, okay? Like, not, not necessarily woke, but there was just, TV was different. Yeah, they were, like, lucid dreaming. Yeah, there was something going on in the 90s, and we were trying to, we were trying to figure out what it was, and so, in part of our research for this week, I watched, um, and you watched some of the CNN, which, you know, we're meh on CNN, but, um, we'll, they, we'll get into that, but they put together this really great, um, documentary on the 90s, um, talking about just, like, everything that was going on, from, like, yeah. the TV to music to, you I know, remember politics when the documentary the came out. Really? Yeah, it was, but it was like, because it was like different, it was like six parts, seven parts, whatever, and it was like music, and then computers, and technology, mm. and then like OJ, and like the, you know, Timothy McVeigh, and all that stuff, and the bombing Oklahoma stuff. Oh, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, So there was all these different things, like... Did they do different eras? Did they do different decades? No, I mean, that was, that's all 90s. Oh, that's cool. 
Well, we watched some of it, and one of the things they said was when Friends was originally airing, supposedly, if you know, you can believe Nielsen ratings, it was around a 73 million people would watch per episode. This was like peak Thursday night primetime TV. I was not one of those people because I don't <laughs> give a fuck about Friends. I watched. My parents watched it, so we would watch it in the house. Why are your grown ass parents watching Friends? Because my parents are cool. Okay. No, they watch <laughs> these twenty somethings, whatever. Uh-uh. Well, they just watched hit TV in the. You know, I just yeah, remember like there'd be Frasier, there'd be you know Will and Grace. There was all sorts of stuff that was uh, on. At that I time. was like, who watches these shows? And now I know. Like, Seventy three was... million people. That's one third of America. Was watching it. Watching this vanilla-ass television. See, I watched the good <laughs> stuff. Like, we were watching, like, ooh, I watched, like, uh, New York Undercover. Did you remember that show? No. What is yeah. that? It was, like, it was like Law & Order, but it was, like, not uh, uh, different episodes. Like, not about uh, the, law, the, the lawyers and stuff like that. It was more, like, about just the cops and, like, the first part. You know, like, Law and Order have, like, the cops do their thing first yeah. and then they go to the courtroom? Yeah. It was just, like, the cops. It was, like, a black cop and a Latino cop or something, Puerto Rican. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That was, that's what I used to watch, shit like that. And that, it was, like, a narrative show, right? It wasn't a documentary either? It was a narrative show. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. What was that on? Uh, I don't know. Like, UPN or something? Oh, okay. Well, what, <laughs> well... That's interesting because I learned a little bit about UPN and, and WB watching this um, documentary, which is really those interesting. Those things, those are peak 90s channels because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, so, neither of those do, huh? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's something different now. So the start of this, Mike, I'm going to give you a little education here. So the start of this whole TV era that started in the 90s um, began because apparently advertisers started paying premiums to target Gen X. Trashy so, ass Gen X. <laughs> so are you te- you're not you're right on the border between Gen X and a millennial, right? Yes. Well, not on the border because I think the border for millennials is 1982. Okay. I'm, I'm at the tail end of that. I'm still. So basically, the reason why a lot of Gen X things are relevant to me is because my brother is on the. He was born in 82, so he's on the cusp of millennial Gen X. Oh, okay. So everything that we watch, everything I watched was stuff that he watched. Mm -hmm. And also TV was very limited uh, early 90s. So a lot of stuff was like recycled television. So I'm watching, you know, I'm still watching Happy Days and Naked Night and I Love Lucy and all that because a lot of things weren't, content wasn't fully, you know, at the speed it is now. Totally. And that and so then when they real when TV networks realize that, okay, advertisers are gonna pay, you know, X amount more to get that eighteen to forty nine Gen X at the time demographic, which they still do to this day, you know, college educated, um, you know, higher income folk, uh, they they could then they wanted to start making um shows that particularly targeted those demographics. And so um some of the shows that we started to see was a shift away from sitcoms and like um, like uh, that were more family oriented and towards like sitcoms that were more about single people. So like that's like where Seinfeld came into play and Friends and that sort of stuff. I see that. Yeah, because you, you have like the Jeffersons and All in the Family and Who's the Boss and all that stuff like that. Yeah. They're all about like these big like nuclear families, mom, dad, grandma, neighbors. We all live in this little complex and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it became about like, let's talk about the hottie. Like singles in New York and LA and shit yeah. like that, and you got friends and all that. But I see, I watched Living Single. I don't, I think I showed you a little bit of it. Yes, I've uh, seen some. Yeah, because it Living Single actually was came out first, and it literally was um, the same amount of people like it was like three women, three guys, 
and or no, that's like it's the whatever. The makeup is very similar to France because like, France is like four four guys and three women, right? No, I think you've got have it reverse. I think living single is four women, two or three guys. Oh, okay, yes. And then Friends is three and three. Okay, Friends is three and three. Living single has four women, or five five women, five women, two guys. Yeah, I think that sounds that that. I don't know if I remember correctly. This yeah. math is crazy. But, <laughs> this is a crazy <laughs> math we're throwing at you. But either way, yes, it, it was uh, like Ross didn't exist. Ross was a woman and and uh, and living single. So, yeah. but at that show was something that I watched all the time, and then I was like, got to see like Queen Latifah and stuff like that. Like, be like, she had her own magazine company, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I want to be like them. And they all were single. They're always dating and stuff like that. So. I watched that while everyone else was watching Friends, so it's like weird how it. While the '90s were progressive, like we were still doing two different things. It was like seg- it was a bit more segmented, right? Yeah. So what what station was uh, Living Single on? Shit, I don't know. I feel like everything was on like the WB. <laughs> well, that like makes sense because UPN. so. Um, so what this uh, documentary told me was that, so Arsenio Hall, did you ever watch Arsenio Hall? Yes. So Arsenio kind of started this trend where they realized, hey, if we make shows that are for and by, you know, black people for specifically like the black community, like they, they're going to do really well. In fact, Arsenio Hall blew expectations for that, for like what his show could be like and how popular it could be out of the water. Like he's like the only like black late night person. Like who else is there? Um, There's only like five Trevor Jimmys. Noah. Uh, well, tre- uh, Trevor Noah now. Yeah, I know. But, but look like, how long it took. Trevor Noah came out like four year, five years ago. Exactly. Exactly. And he took over for someone. But I'm saying Arsenio Hall had his own show before there was Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Dean, and uh, Jimmy Page. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the, it, with the late night shows. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Page. No, yeah. it's but not those guys. like he was so popular and he was like, like, if you were cool, you went on that show. That was like kind of the way that they talked about it. And I never saw it growing up, but I know that it was like a cultural phenomenon at the time to the point where like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. We don't we, you know, we know th- different things about them now today. But at the time they were he was just a governor running for president in 1992. He went on that show. He played the saxophone there. That's where he oh, did that's, that. That's, it. that's how he got the votes. Exactly. Right there. Bam. Yeah. That's why black people were in love with him just for doing that. Yeah, and you know Joe Biden won this year, so I think going for black votes helps you. Just saying, Pray, pays not to be racist. Okay, so then, um, all right. So his the success of his show really like impressed a lot of people, and so that's where like in Living Color that show started debuting on Fox. That was more like successful than they had thought that was going to be too. I love that show. That see, I didn't even watch SNL, so. Uh, I didn't That's know, awesome. I didn't even know about, like, I knew about Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock and all of them just from just their own separate work and their own separate stand-up. Yeah. The things they did on, like, HBO and stuff and Def Comedy Jam and all that stuff like that. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about them through SNL. All I knew in Living Color and... That's how I already liked Jim. Like, black people, we love Jim Carrey already because he was the white boy on The Living Color. Yeah. He's like the one white guy. That's right. And that, that was so funny when I found that out. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and look at him now. He, like, he's doing well. See? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was on there. And then, like, David Allen Greer, the, mm. all of the Waynes. Well, the Waynes, Keenan yeah. Keenan Ivory Waynes, Damon Waynes, Sean Waynes, Marlon Waynes. Well, did you ever see? Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah. And was Martin Lawrence on there, too, or was he just on Lawrence? 
Uh, or Martin. <laughs> no, Martin is on his own show. Okay. But Martin was like a host of a comic view, I think, at some point. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, but I was going to say, did you ever see the show My Wife and Kids with the Waynes Brothers? Yes. Yeah. That, I was I was already kind of like, I had moved on from that type of television at that time, but I watched it sometimes. I was, I was watching like anime and stuff at that time. <laughs> so, but yeah, I remember My Wife and Kids because... It was like basically loosely based on like Damon Wayans and his like actual kids. That makes sense. Well, the woman who plays his wife on on that show was also a character. Tisha Campbell, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was, was in, on Martin. Yeah, she was. Well, I thought she was. Wasn't she also in Living Color? What? I don't think so. Okay, I may Maybe. have got that wrong. I don't remember that. We'll we'll have to double check that afterwards. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically these shows did really well. And so a lot of cable networks, like you said, there wasn't much to watch at that time. A lot of these newer networks started coming out and they were trying to grow and, and get new audiences. And so they, they hired a lot of black creators to make shows to target the black community to help build up their network and their um, viewership. And then... What it seemed so like some of the shows that we listed, like the Jamie Foxx show, Martin, Moesha. Did, did you ever watch Rock? I Rock was kind of boring to me, but it was it. I I've seen it a couple times. I've I never seen saw a couple it. Episodes. I never saw it, but they talked about it in the documentary, so I thought it was interesting. I yeah, it's the guy. Have you seen Gothica? Yes. You know the husband? Yes. Yeah, that's that was Rock. Okay. So like that's why when I was watching Gothica, I was like, oh, he's supposed to be like a family man. This is he crazy in this movie. Um, My hot take is that that movie's underrated, but I haven't seen it in a long time. But at the time, I thought I remember it was kind of like it is underrated. Yeah, I but think, like think of all the people who are in that movie. It's like a stacked cast. Actually, no, that movie was phenomenal. It's it was pretty. It's it's like it did what it needed to do. It's a suspense movie with supernatural elements. It's just if it, it was like Halle Berry leading it, and then you know Robert Downey Jr. was like at it. That was at his. That was yeah. when he was fucking up. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he was going on. He's like on a bender but at that time, tripping. But he he bounced back, obviously. So um, and then, you know, some of the more successful shows at that time was uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like that is transcendent, you know? Oh, yeah. If you if you think the 90s, you have to think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And I think every person, whether you black, blue, green, orange, purple, polka dot. Everyone knows about uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, and that one's huge. And we talked about that a bit when we watched the reunion special, so we don't need to get too much into that. But So a lot of these new networks gave black creators freedom to get the the audience and build their popularity. But then this thing happened, um, which apparently they started to, you know, because the advertisers were driving all of this, they started to realize or move away from black created content because apparently the community and the households were indexed as lower income for advertisers. That's so stupid. Because why does it even matter if they are just watching TV? Who cares how much money they make? Well, the advertisers did. But the thing... Okay, see, this is where racism doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Yeah. Because niggas don't give a shit about how much money they make as an income or how much they're bringing in their household. They gonna buy whatever the fuck they wanna buy. So, like... I knew plenty of black people that had Cadillac Escalades. I know plenty of black people that had multiple $200 Nike uh, Air Force Ones. Totally. So just fucking market your shit. Don't be racist and be like, oh, niggas and, and people of color can't afford it. Uh, we Yes, we can, dumbass. We can afford We still live in America this whole goddamn time. We didn't even have rights. We were slaves and shit. So if we can afford to 
even exist here, we can afford to watch your goddamn commercials. So don't say we're low income index. We can't like you don't want to show us the fucking commercials for your stupid air mattress anymore. It's so bullshit, right? Yeah, that's, totally. That's that's, that's where. Yeah, that's I think like they've learned their well, capitalism has learned its lesson there to a certain degree, but yeah. not entirely. I like I'm like promoting like <laughs> <laughs> manipulate us and consume us commercials. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that was racist, right? Because look what happened. All of those shows, right, were all like big 90 shows that helped build up WB and UPN. That's now CW. It was like normal. How many shows? But how many shows on the, uh, CW right now are black create from black creators and with black leads? I don't know. I know I mean, that I know CBS like just went hard, but there was like it's like all Tyler Perry. I think Tyler Perry has like five shows, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so now now literally like if you're Kenya Barris or you're Tyler Perry, that's that's who has all the black shows now. But it used to be just it was all kinds of people. Yeah. It was like they would just find people who had good, the best ideas, and then the best ideas became shows, yeah. or the funniest people, the most talented, that sort of it's thing. It's just, I told, like, it just had a weird hiccup. It was like a moment where they just were just, like, really lax, and was like, you know what, we're not as, we're not as racist. Our racism is kind of more grounded in capitalism right now, so, like, we're going to let black people do a couple shit. Uh, we'll have, like, you know, more mixed McDonald's commercials. We'll have black people in the Cheerios commercial. We'll have Moesha and, you know, the Parkers, and then... You know, have rap music like playing on MTV, and then next thing you know, all of a sudden, like Y2K hit, and they were like, "Hold on, wait a minute, wait, shit, no, we racist, we got, we doing too much, let's pull back." (laughs) Yeah, it is weird, and we'll talk a little bit more about like why that happened, like and theorize a little bit. There was also a lot of really woke '90s kids TV shows. Like, I'm just gonna list some of these, and you just tell me if you watch them or not. Let me see if they woke or not. So believe it, Daria. Okay, yes. (laughs) Daria was like, I watched too much Daria and I started to like absorb her mentality and her and her uh, philosophies. And that was not good for an eight year old kid. (laughs) I feel like that was the show that I always wanted to watch, but like I wasn't sure if I was supposed to watch or not. So I'd watch it again. I'd like watch it like it like in a like a little bit. And then if my parents came in the room, I'd like change the channel. Oh, that for me, it was undressed. Did you ever see that? No, what is that? Undressed was on MTV and it came on late. It was like, it was, uh, it was like, it's like a, uh, it was like a narrative television show, but it was about college kids like in the dorms and they'd oh. be like hopping from dorm room to room and us to hooking up and fucking and shit. And I was like, I have no business watching this, but I would watch that shit religiously. I knew all about it. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. that's where you get your scandalous uh, <laughs> reputation. No, just kidding. Not at all. Um, Probably. Uh, so then there's the show Sister Sister. Oh yeah, I love Sister Sister. We talked about that with my sister a little bit, but that was like that. That was clutch. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows. Um, Boy Meets World. Oh yes. That one just like hard hard lessons in that show. Mm. And. Fucking uh, Sean was dating Angela, and it was an interracial relationship. Yeah. That I mean, was the that first one on TV, later, I swear to y'all. What did you say? So that's like one of the first interracial relationships on TV. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly the first one I saw. But yeah, other than Star Trek, I don't give a fuck about that stupid kiss between Captain Kirk and... Or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was groundbreaking at the time, but yeah, like cool. for us, like growing up on... <laughs> for us growing up on TV, it's like, you know, yeah. we, we, we saw the kids stuff first. Yeah. Um, the Magic School Bus. Okay. The Magic School Bus was progressive as fuck because they had a fucking multicultural cast. And they told us, like, lessons about environmentalism and our bodies and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Did you ever see the picture where, like, they showed the Magic School Bus kids and the Planeteers from Captain Planet and they're, like, it's literally the same kids? No. 
It's like the same design. It's just older. Is it from the same creator? Oh, that's my phone. Ooh, you got a text message. <laughs> but yeah, it was like uh, it like I don't, it's not intentional to be the same kids, but it just literally probably looked. It was like, oh, how do we make a cult- multicultural cast? And it's like let's just do the Planeteer kids, but just younger. Well, they were kind of right because look at millennials now. You know, we watched, we grew up watching those shows, and now we're all environmentalists and like political activists on Instagram. That's true. <laughs> um, then there's Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Speaking of, yes. I loved that show. I forgot that that was educational. I was watching it thinking I was like getting some like juicy tea. It was so funny. I just remember <laughs> thinking it was hilarious. I was like, he had the science tea. Uh, hey Arnold, which that oh. show. Hey Arnold was great. Yeah, that's I, probably one of the more progressive shows on this All these list. shows that took in black guys though, because like I yeah. used to get frustrated that I was like every like Gerald and Skeeter from Doug, because he definitely was black. He just was blue in the show. That's so um, funny. Like so weird. Who else? All the, I can't think of the other kids, Jamal or something from like Recess. Yeah. But like all these different guys, they all wore like basketball jerseys. That's kind of where like the Afro. token character kind of comes from, right? The the archetype. I mean, yeah. I guess like they've been in a whole bunch of stuff, but. And like Malcolm in the Middle and shit like Stevie and all those people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rugrats, because of the type of different families that were, you know, shown. Oh, yeah. Susie Carmichael. Yeah. Her there's... mom and dad, her dad was like a lawyer and her mom was like a uh, OBGYN. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even think about that. Um, um, then there's also like a single father for Chucky. And um, oh, yeah. Angelica's mom is working. You know, she's always Angelica's talking on herself. Angelica's mom was a boss. Yeah. With her little turnip looking head. <laughs> she was a, like, I loved her. She was, she was, she literally is like the character that, like the mom from Shit's Creek and like um, Arrested Development. Like that's her as a younger, in her younger, in her prime. Yeah. And then she became yeah, Lucille she Ball old. or whoever yeah, else. Yeah. She gets older and becomes this, like this. Is old. that her name? Lucille Ball? No, Lucille Bluth. Oh my God. Yeah. Lucille Ball Lucille is <laughs> Lucille Ball Lucille Ball's great too. Yeah. Uh, Full House. Which oh yeah, I mean there's a lot of kids and you know different storylines in that show and different it's a different family type you know single. I mean dad. it was a bunch of men it was like three single men raising kids yeah that's so that true. was already pretty neat and then on top of that uh, I was looking I totally forgot I was like damn Mary Kate and Ashley played the the baby like, played the girl Michelle since they were babies. It's yeah. like, how did they know she was gonna grow up to be a good actress? That baby could have grown up, grew up and just been shit. But she grew up two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. She was a great act- actress. All they were great actresses all that the, the whole time. Yeah. That's crazy. And then they both just said, fuck it, we wanna do fashion and then bounced out. I'm kinda I'm I'm thankful for them. You know? I'm yeah. thankful for them at the time, and then I'm also thankful that they got out and they got to do something else. Oh, they got out probably because I mean, look at the way Hollywood is sometimes. They probably yeah. probably Harvey Weinstein and somebody said, hey, and he was like, bitch, no, we're yeah. out. We're out. Out of here. <laughs> this is nasty. He looked like a big-ass blob with zits on it. We're out. <laughs> we're doing clothes. Uh, Powerpuff Girls. That's apparently, you know, I mean, girl superheroes. That's That was oh, big yes. at the time. Fucking but- and him. Remember him? That was my favorite character. Yeah. With like the double voice and he had the high heels on and the claws. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, like that is your spirit, like <laughs> your soul. He's like, hello, girls. I was like, oh, yes, him. Yeah, and then Fresh Prince, of fabulous. course. Fresh Prince, yes. Yeah. And, the um, episode where his, like, I feel like everyone knows this episode where his dad, like, mm-hmm. he, he, like, he's so excited about his dad and then his dad, like, bells on him at the last minute and he's like, why you don't want me? And then, like, I was like, oh, I yeah. can't. 
too Duh. little to be crying at this shit. My dad's like right over there on the couch. And I'm like, why don't he want me? <laughs> and my dad like, boy, shut the hell up. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to relate. Um, there are some other shows at that time that kind of defined like the kind of where we started going TV wise. There was, you know, one of the ones they talk about on the documentary, which I never watched, but kind of a problematic show. But NYPD Blue, that was like the first show that had like the antihero who was like a racist cop. But we sympathize with him. Mm-mm. Interesting. Nope. Not into then it. there was Homicide, nope. which was David Simon's show. Black people were like. We were like, no, we're good. <laughs> well, Homicide was interesting the way that they explained it in the documentary because there was a lot of black characters on that, whether they're playing cops, whether they're playing um, lawyers. And there, it was one of the first times where there was scenes that would just be two black characters talking to each other. See, like no one I, else in the room. This is my take on, on cop shows, though. Because the, the way how law enforcement works, if you guys go to like... Uh, the airport, and you see TSA. If you go to clubs and you see the bouncers in front of them, if you go to the bank and you see the little security guards stand out to the side, even if you see most cops in, in Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, these big cities and stuff like that, you're going to see a lot of black people involved in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just like, because that's like an indoctrination to, t- to tell us that we, to like make us think that we are in the wrong. And for us to do to do better and to cheat to be better, we have to like basically support cops, like everything that mm. cops. So like, I, I feel like we we had the way how we see law enforcement. They try to make us see law enforcement as this is the way, and then if you break that way, you go to jail. So you have to like follow the law. Meanwhile, white folks going around doing whatever the fuck they want, cussing people out, acting a damn fool. Yeah. But for us, it's one or the other. You can't. You there's nothing else you can choose. It is full respect of law enforcement, every single penal code, every single law. Or be a degenerate drug addict uh, thug. So it's like, Damn. and that's why when I would see all these cop shows and stuff, I was like, I feel like they were they would always have the black characters. There's always like an angry black police chief or something. Black people that's were always true, in yeah. it because they wanted us to love to like them. And I'm like, no, we can't like y'all. We got a weird history. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean uh, the one. I mean I think Hollywood one number one. I think Hollywood has kind of been reconciling reconciling with that in the last like six months, seven months that they realize like, oh yeah, we actually do a big part of this, like both in the way that we encourage young people to get into law enforcement, thinking it's going to be like a freaking action movie, like yeah. the weapon every day or something. Um, and then also, you know, supporting the police and, and, and supporting like certain, you know, I mean, just like we watched that movie. Did you watch that movie? The little things on HBO? Oh yeah, I watched it. I mean, he was at Kern County. He's a, he's like a biggest fan. I know. I I, I saw that. And I texted you and like you have to watch this. Um, Me, I I was like, that's funny. They probably picked Baker because they're like he moved away from the big city into a, to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, damn, they did they did Bakersfield dirty. But but even that movie, you know, it, it was written in the '90s, so that was like supposed to be like a cop movie for that time. And then the director came back 30 years later and did it. Well, in even in that movie, um. The spoiler alert for the people who haven't seen it, the, the cr- climax of the film has to do with cops killing an unarmed person and then bearing, uh, covering it up. Yeah. So whether he's justified or not. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't really tell you whether he's justified or yeah. not, but it leaves it very open. Yeah. It's, and I hate that. I was like, I don't want this. Yeah, it was I mean, it was not the greatest, but it was interesting. Yeah, um, honestly, I only like that movie because of Rami Malek and Dizzy Washington. I was like, they could literally go up in there and be like, and I'd be like, ooh, this is so compelling. 
Well, I just knew it was like, yeah, it's going to be at least interesting because of them. Yeah, because uh, they can both play like Denzel Washington always plays like a fucking disgruntled law enforcement person who like I'm trying to get my life back together and I don't know I did some weird shit and then and Ryan Malik's always like I want to be like sophisticated and smart but actually I'm weird as fuck <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate yeah my dad calls him super method actor he was texting me about it today because I guess he just discovered oh this he movie. is like a super method actor yeah he said that they didn't hang out because they wanted to like not they wanted to keep it as like you know I'm sure they did in character as possible now. Yeah, for like the junket and stuff. But yeah, that's that. That's crazy. I could see that because if they would have, if they would have been too buddy buddy, it would have shown. It would have been translated. The show that I have to reconcile with my feelings about is Law and Order because I grew up watching that like mm. every night with my dad. Speaking of or him, Mar- Mariska Hartkatay. Yeah, like all the different variations of it. You know, from the original to like the. You know, SVU. I guess SVU is now doing some crossover and doing this new, like, organized crime thing. But, oh, wow. Yeah. I used to watch Law and & Order, and I used to always figure it out. Oh, me too. I'd, I'd always be like, oh, they're focusing on this detail. That's important. And then my dad would be like, wow, Grant's so smart. He knows. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I just, you and know. And the obvious person? I'm like, no, it's not the obvious person. Come on now. Yeah. It's like anytime a parent comes in there and goes, you killed my son. My son. I'm like, killed him. And he killed the son. He did it. He too angry. He too emotional. You're doing too much. And yeah. then they'd be like, they'll bring the ex, like, ex-girlfriend in or something, and she seems shady. And then they'll bring, like, this other guy who didn't like the, the, the person that was murdered. And then the dad's, like, crying still. And I'm like, uh uh-uh, he did it. Yeah. Focus on the person that's, like, trying to, is the most concerned. Well, that's why I thought um, in The Little Things, this is another spoiler alert, watch out. I thought Rami Malek was going to be the one who, or Denzel Washington was going to be the one who did it, like, who killed, was killing the girls because they were, like, both, like, really, like, creepily invested in the case and I'm giving it all the way yeah no, I think that's what they were going for to get, yeah. make you think that but I knew that wasn't the case yeah I knew that wasn't the case because the coroner I was like there's no way she would be like yeah I covered up like you being a serial killer <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> not true <laughs> yeah like come on now yeah for sure uh, um and then another two shows from that time period that were progressive in their own way was X-Files and Twin Peaks I Just, never watched Twin Peaks it's, uh, I haven't watched it except one episode that was apparently the weirdest episode. So I'm not one to talk about it other than at the time it was progressive because it was like a filmmaker making basically like essentially like a 12 hour movie. So it was ahead of its time. So I wasn't into it because I think the like hype from all the like fucking film kids and stuff mm. threw me off. They're like, oh yeah, did you guys watch Twin Peaks? Oh, I was watching Twin Peaks the other day and Twin Peaks this, Twin Peaks that. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not watching that. I'm done. Yeah. What about X-Files? Did you watch X-Files other than like when Jordan, our nope. ex-roommate, was watching it? Yeah, only when our old roommate watched it all the time, I started watching it. And like I became like immersed in the fucking storyline. Yeah. It was so funny because now like we'd always be like, Scully? Because he literally always <laughs> would say that. He'd just like, he, she could be standing right next to him. He'd be like, Scully? I'm like, stop calling her name. Damn, what you mean? That's like me. Like I always walk in the room. I'm like, hey, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Just speak they're to always me. just bewildered and I'm like how are you still bewildered you like saw aliens like 100 episodes ago so you by now you should, nothing should phase you <laughs> so what uh, what content and representation at the time like what shows were the most impactful to you for like, me yeah for you personally like what was like your well I mean the Cosby show yeah. But that was not necessarily 90s. The new one, Cosby, I never watched, really, with, with Dougie Doug and stuff. 
Felicia Rashad was still in it. But I don't know if I ever saw. I don't know if I Cosby. Yeah, I don't think no, I saw. I really didn't watch that one. I like the old one. But uh, shows for me that are most impactful would probably be. It was definitely like all the UPN UPN shows like Moesha, The Parkers, One on One, um, and Half and Half, and uh, what is it? Two of Us or something. I don't know. Was it just the two of us? It was like another movie, another one with uh, Lisa Ray. Mm. But I used to watch all those uh, shows. And then obviously, like Smart Guy, Sister, Sister, yeah. Proud Family. Same. That whole block was fire. And um, a lot of the like Nickelodeon shows, like, because I watched those earlier because my brother was six years older than me. And I would watch like Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude. And I don't even know if you know those shows. No, those ones Pete, I don't the, know the, at all. The, Adventures, the Misadventures of Pete and Pete or whatever. Don't know that. I've yeah, never seen see, it. all these shows were like, they were geared towards the teenagers and the, and, the, and the youth that were older than me. I'm like five, six, seven, watching these shows about teenagers. So, like, I was learning things I, I don't think I was supposed to learn. So, I love those. And then, like, the supernatural weird ones, like The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Mm, I never saw that, but I immediately the second you said supernatural, I thought about so weird on Disney. Oh, so weird! Creepy. Remember when they brought that blonde haired girl in, and no. she was like, she like always had these flashbacks of like a Black Panther. Oh my god! Oh gosh. wait, she like she was like part of like the next season. It was like the next generation. Like the other girl almost basically moved on, and like now it was like this blonde haired girl singing songs with her mom. Did they ever like? Did they ever do that? Did they ever go like explain what what the yeah. flash? I don't know. I don't think I remember. Yeah, it just oh Degrassi, bitch. Why did I forget? Degrassi set me up for everything. Mm. I was a Drake fan a long time ago. <laughs> before y'all even knew, before y'all could even think about any songs or bump your gums and even talk about him. Before <laughs> he was even in a wheelchair, I was a I was an Aubrey Graham fan. So that's uh, so funny. Yeah, I used to love Degrassi because that shit was edgy. The people was getting pregnant. Uh, JT got shot. What channel was it on? Was it on Noggin. PBS? Noggin. Was Noggin on PBS or was it? Noggin was a Nickelodeon. Like It was like part of Viacom or something. Oh. But it was like can- Canadian. Oh, okay. But yeah, I used to love that show. And I used to think, I thought it was, I thought I was watching reruns, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was watching like new episodes. I was like, oh, this show might be older like than, than I'm thinking it is, but they're literally the same age as me. So I was like, oh, I guess I was watching that shit live, like, you know, while it was going on. Damn, that's awesome. That's How really cool. You? Well, like, it's funny that a lot of these shows they made, like, a lot of the ones you references, they were making, like, specifically for, like, black audiences or, like, to get black audiences in. But it also works just for, like, kids after school. Because, like, we would watch it. Like, we would watch anything that was on at three. Like, so it's like, it doesn't yeah. ha- like, we didn't care who was starring in it or what the plot lines were. It was just like, if we're interested in it, we're going to watch it. Yeah. These are all, like, live action shows. I There's a, obviously a, a long list of animated shows, but we talked yeah. about that, like, when we talked about anime and stuff. Yeah. So. And and for me, like I was definitely more into cartoons when I was younger, so I didn't watch all of these shows. But childish, s- some like <laughs> you're just saying like I'm just childish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, but a lot of them I would catch on to later when I was like you know in middle school and growing up, and there'd be a lot of reruns of a lot of these shows. That's when I would watch them. That's why you were. That's why your uh, education in social justice was so weak because you should have been watching this shit when you're like six. Honestly, yeah, seems like, like it. Me. I mean, do you think that's why Gen Z kids are, like, so much more woke than us? Gen Z kids, I can't even imagine. They be watching too much shit. Because they can watch all that shit and streaming it at that's the same crazy. time. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like maybe there should be, like, like 
someone should make like a like you need to watch this at this age and this at this age like the ultimate guide to like oh that would be up. nice i mean i'm gonna try to if i whenever i have children i'm literally gonna be like i'm gonna set them up to watch things at the same time that i watch them oh that's interesting and be like here you watch sister sister and you watch like you know proud family and watch full house watch family matters why like these things like they i think these shows a lot of them aged pretty well yeah they did it's the only time that some of them didn't age well. I've noticed a lot of them always deal with like the way how they deal with uh, homosexuality, the way yeah. how they deal with like gender roles, yeah, and that kind of stuff is still fucking is dated. Yeah, the nineties were not were not nice to to that's the LGBT community. Tr- that's true for sure, and that's something not to overlook at all because that was something that like you know whether we realize it or not was impacting our thinking, and so it's something that you have to unpack and be like you know make sure that you're not. You you don't take any of that stuff with you. Like that's yeah. what's so weird about like having like cartoon commercial jingles in your head from the nineties. It's like you still have all of this corporate bullshit like in the back of your brain somewhere that you have to kind of like find your way to like deal with. It's very strange. Um, speaking of corporate bullshit, um, one thing that I thought was interesting from this, and then we can kind of move on, is um, so this was all, the nineties was also the tabloid news era. Um, and one of the reasons for that was because in the nineties, okay, three different huge corporations bought the main networks, right? GE bought ABC, Capital Cities, apparently, whatever that is, bought NBC and Lowe's and Tish Brothers bought CBS. And so they spent billions of dollars to buy these networks. And so the like public service angle of like the news and the networks kind of like left, like fell to the wayside for profit. Um, so it was more about profit and cable news, um, trying to maximize their revenue on that. Um, and then this kind of all culminated with OJ Simpson. And then funny enough, the way that CNN covered the OJ Simpson trial, like just airing the case live and just playing news 24 seven inspired the creation of Fox news. Oh, wow. So CNN created Fox news. Yeah. I, Cause I, for a long time, I didn't even know that Fox News existed, so I, I it definitely popped up like later on. Yeah, it didn't exist this whole time. Especially MSNBC, all that shit. Like I was like, that was not a thing. Yeah, and I think MSNBC kind of popped up once Fox News popped up as like a as like a response to it. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you can you can blame CNN for that, which is yeah, why. Yeah, de- I mean they they definitely started like the Hollywood news. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, now these are big names and they're, like, celebrities that are giving us the news. Yeah, and it's just cheaper to have people talk about shit than it is to actually have them out in the field reporting yeah. on it. R.I.P. Uh, Larry King. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he was, like, an icon at that time, for sure. Um, so, is content today more woke and more progressive, or is it l- is it less? I don't think it's less progressive, but, like, let's just explore that. Is it uh, more... I was, I'm going to say it is less. Really? Why? Yes. Because progressive means that it's that it's moving forward and doing something that it's that is like out of character or like a game changer. But if you make a movie right now or a TV show right now, you're like, we have two Asian characters. No, you are remedial because like you should. It, what do you mean? Like now? Like it should be, it should be like a, a normal thing. It shouldn't be some big, amazing thing. Like we don't. I'm not gonna fucking award you and give you like flowers and a pat on the back because you made a TV show with two, two or three black characters in it. Like fuck you. You should have did that a long time ago. I think we should okay. be okay with being called out. 
because that's how I feel. Like anytime everybody's like, this person is the first black woman to ever be nominated for a director. This is the first time a, a Asian man will be in a in a major motion picture. It's like, what? Are y'all crazy? Yeah. So like, it's kind of it's not. There's nothing to. I'm not gonna give you fucking, you know, a cookie and a trophy because you fucking did some shit you should have done 20 years ago. Like, yeah, like good for you. You made a fucking show with black people in it, but the Proud Family came out 20 years ago. Yeah. So you're late. And Proud Family came out, I think, even like in the 2000s, like after all of those 90s sitcoms. That's what I'm saying. Two, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that, well, that, I was saying like that's even p- past the 90s when we're talking about. Yeah. There was so many more shows before that even. Way before that. So yeah. like that's what I'm saying. It's like I I don't think that. I think we're moving a little bit slower. We're getting a, we're getting a lot more comfortable. Is that because of the money aspect of it? Like what what part of it is like the the fear of people? Like all I, of it is the fear of people. I think I there's think. a bunch of people fighting to be relevant still cuz all mm. the people that create that led that led the charge and have and did all the stories of the 80s, 90s, you know, or even later than that or earlier than that, the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, mm. they're still around. That's you true. You see like some of these actors and people that are in their 90s and shit, they still be popping in the scene. So if they're popping in the scene when they're 90 years old, that means they were around in the, the 30s and the 40s. True. They're, like, they were born around that time, but they were acting and stuff in the 60s, 70s. They were prominent in these times that were not great for people of color or people in the LGBT community or people that, you know, in, in, in uh, subjugated identities. So yeah. it, they're still around. And imagine if they're in a the boardroom at, at the, the network they want their ideas and stuff to still be relevant. They don't want to get bumped out because now, now if everyone says, "Oh, this boardroom is too white and too male," now all those those twelve old white guys are like, "I need to make sure I stick around." So mm. they still trying. They still, you know, probably doing things that are bullying and keeping people out because they want to still be part of the party and part of the group. The same with our politics. Yeah, they don't want to get bumped out because everybody gonna be AOC in a minute. It's gonna be a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Once Kamala gets her hands on the presidency, oh, it's a wrap. It's gonna be all vaginas and titties everywhere, and some, <laughs> some, and some without, because not all women have to have those things. Exactly. So yes, yeah. but men, it's our time is up. Yeah. And I'm fine with that because I don't want to go into politics anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so, so is there more? There technically there is more representation, but just because there's more shows, right? There's more networks. There's streaming networks. I mean, they're streaming now, and I feel like streaming is doing a lot of what what the C, uh, C not CW WB and UPN at the time did, which is they're writing basically blank checks to creators of all different identities, be them BIPOC, LGBT, you know, all these different um, areas like creators who just have good ideas. They're writing checks to them to in order to grow their content and grow their libraries. But at a certain point, is that going to change? And then they're going to like batten down the hatches or are they going to, is it just going to be open for everyone now always? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the thing is, it's like, it's hard because I personally feel like the, when people want black stories, they want stories about black people. So, cause like, what, what, so what do you mean by that? Like what's different? There's, like, there's a difference between me, me giving someone a script about like, uh, just about regular, you know, fantasy medieval characters or giving people Lovecraft country. Mm. There's a difference between me giving somebody uh, a movie about or a TV show about a family 
uh, and they're just a regular family that has a regular job and it doesn't their race and identity doesn't matter, then versus giving them blackish. Like True. I feel like when people say we want black content and content from people of color and stuff like that, it ha- they want it about people of color because there's a bunch of people like you who are like, I feel guilty writing about black people, so you want black people to write about black people. So that's all we're yeah. able to do now. Versus I see. if so we want to do other shit, no, we can't. So okay, so when I when That's, I heard that, that I, still belongs to you guys. You guys get to do all the other stuff. We get to only talk about black people. First of all, fuck that. That's bullshit. I mean, that's not. It's not what it is, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. And I'm sure conversations are being had behind closed doors where you know they're reconciling with this one way or the other. Yeah. Um. But also like. So you're worried that basically you'd be, you're get, you would get pigeonholed. And now, yeah, there's more representation, but it's being pigeonholed into, like... You don't get fucking pigeonholed? Look at what we just did 30 some episodes on. Yeah. I've talked about racism. I've talked about archetypes, stereotypes. I've talked about slavery, the KKK. I've talked... Yeah, on. that's true. <laughs> It's called Black Man in the Right World. I'm already. I'm, well, we I'm, also talk about anime and TV. I mean, sure, like, yeah. but I talked about the black characters in anime. I mean, I want to talk about these things. That my identity and my ethnicity, my culture is very important to me. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we everybody says it so many times. We're not a monolith and all that stuff like that. Yeah. There's so much other things going on in my head, and I have so many other stories to tell outside of me being a black man. Totally. Yeah. So, if it's if it's not better. If it's so, if it's not better now, how do we get past just fetishizing this previous, you know, ni- like the '90s and and you know what that used to be? And oh, it was like somehow so progressive. And how do we actually be progressive in 2020 with representation in television? And- we start we start celebrating and focusing on the stories. We start treating. We start just like on the story only. Like you got it. You got it. And you got to put some extra effort and work into that. When you go, you go. When you go to somebody that says, "You guys need to watch this new show." This show deals, it's a perspective of a woman, which is not something we haven't seen a lot, but it deals with like uh, her being a writer and her dealing with sexual assault and rape and stuff like that. That's how we describe it. But no, it's like black woman. Like, and, mm. and we, then we talk, that's how we talk about Michaela Cole. And that's how we talk about I, I May Destroy You. And everybody says it's like uh, Emmys and, and Globe and Globes are so white. And it's about back to race. I get that is the issue. And that's what probably caused it. But that's the reason why it got that way. Because if we wouldn't have focused on her race so much and we just focused only on the story and nothing else, she would have been up there with Fleabag. Mm. Which was the damn near same shit. Um, you know, like a little, hers is a little more intense. But it was. It was the reason why we can celebrate Fleabag and Modern Miss Maisel because everyone just focuses on them as, oh, this is stories about women that we know we don't hear. Not a black woman or an Asian woman or a, you know, Russian woman or a German woman. Like, we, mm. we everybody wants to, like, we focus on it like black stories and then everybody goes, oh, that's a black show. Yeah, so then, I think then, that's a huge problem. Like, that's a problem for, like, the way that these shows are marketed and then the way that the audiences receive them. Like, some people still receive it that way. Y'all need to and get they, your shit together. I'm sick of that. Like, why are y'all still doing that in the, in two, 2021? I, I don't... I no, rarely no. watched your shit and just said, oh, this is the white show. Oh, actually, I'll take that back. Because <laughs> uh, that's why I didn't watch Friends, Seinfeld, and all that shit. But yeah. actually, no, I will I will take my take back my take back. I didn't watch Seinfeld and Frasier and all stuff like that because they were they were like about a certain demographic that were born to me. Not the fact that they were white. It was because they were like uh, 
they had lives that I thought I wasn't, you know, because I was living in Bakersfield at the time and stuff. And growing up, I was more focused on, like, you got to do blue-collar type stuff. So I was interested more in blue-collar type shows. So mm. when it was a show about... The a real com- shows. Yeah, when it was about a comedian or it was about uh, actors or, like, New York and L.A., that was weird to me. I watched more of the shows that were about families or about people in, like, the inner city or people that were, like had more, like, jobs like my parents, like, law enforcement So, stuff. in that sense, you watch more shows that you could relate to. Yes. Like, Family Matters, because I said this before, my dad was a law, in law enforcement, so, like, it makes, that is more reminiscent to me. Yeah. My mom being, like, a pharmacy technician and stuff like that, that's more reminiscent to me. So, I like, I'm going to go watch shows with those types of things versus I'm not going to watch Frasier because I don't even know any lawyers. Yeah. Well, is was he? He was a lawyer. He was a was psychologist, he? wasn't he? Okay, I didn't know. Well, any, yeah, you didn't watch it. So I didn't you know, know any psychologists. <laughs> yeah, he was like a on air. He's like a radio psychologist. No, nope, like, that was completely. Un, I don't. I don't know that. See, yeah. I still didn't know that. He was on two different shows in two different eras, and I didn't know that. Yeah, that's true. Well, what's the difference between that and let's say like you're an average white person and you turn on, or let's say you're like a upper middle class white person and you turn on Moesha and you're like, I can't relate to this. Yeah, there's no there's no white person out there that just goes to high school and it has a dad that uh your mom passed away or or was divorced and then remarries and you have a little brother. Well my thing is like do you have to be able to like have the identity of the person or have the experience of the person to be able to relate to and or like a show. But what I'm trying to tell you is that I didn't watch Frasier because of his job and his and not because of his race. Moesha's job was a teenager. Everybody's a teenager. Yeah. Well, Everybody has a dad and a mom. Yeah, that's true. So, like, Friends, I didn't watch Friends because why the fuck would I? I'm not interested in five, six, seven people living in New York as 20-somethings because I don't live in New York as a 20-something. Not which which means like a lot of people could have watched that show, but to to say oh I can't relate to living single because oh there's like for, for five or six black people I don't know what that's like to be like a black person what the fuck that's not even what the show's about they do they do talk about like little things that might have to do with black people but the the show is not like these are the shows about black life this show was about. The, is the same premise as Friends. I think the, the difference between a good show and a bad show is that you can be any identity of any person and sit down and watch that show and you'll find something to relate to. Like, it could just be, like, a one-liner or a character or, like, like a sub-character or, like, you know, just a human. If it's a human story, humans are going to relate to it. Why? Well, but I think that's also on the job of the, of the viewer and the audience. Exactly. I don't think that's on the job of the person writing the story, telling the story. I don't think No, it, no, no. I think it's both. I think it's the job of both people. It's the job of the creator to create a human story that everyone can relate to or be interested in. But what's an example of one that's not? Um, I would say maybe all stories are. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of a good one. So maybe this is just me pontificating and I don't. Yeah, you can't have a hot take and not have a hot take on it. Well, what's an example of a bad show? Let's see if we can reverse engineer my point here. What's like a bad show? What would you say is a bad, like universally considered a bad TV show? I, I'm not, I don't see, I don't judge TV shows like that. I don't know. Okay. While I sat and watched Frasier, I didn't say it was a bad show. That's true. And I'm not saying that Frasier is, and I'm not saying Moesha is, but I'm saying, like, let's pick a show that it, we know is bad, objectively. Big Sky? I don't know. <laughs> Even Big Sky, we kind of like Is Big Sky bad? Like, no. I'm ready to see what's going to happen next. I yeah. think it's back on. I, yeah, we, like, we, we trashed it pretty hard the first episode, but then we watched the, it, all six of them. Yeah, it's like, it's very gimmicky and it's very corny, but 
I think I think because the way how it started out, yeah. like the reason why we were kind of turned off by it because like it was like promiscuous black woman sleeping with the white woman's mm, husband and stuff like arch- that. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, where are they going with this? But then as it goes on, it's like they're all like troubled and like and they're, and then like they even dealt with like how people were being treating her a certain way because she was like a black cop. Mm. And so I was like, oh, or a black a private investigator, whatever she was, and she used to be a cop. But then I was like, oh, okay. So they like they're like trying to address it. But yeah, okay, we can use that as an example. That is a weaker show. I'm not gonna say a bad show, but it is a weaker show in regards to the storytelling because the characters are very limited on who they are. So I do focus on their gender and their race a lot. Yeah, because it's not as it doesn't transcend as far as like the, the there's less real human moments. There is sometimes with the girls or the women when they're trying to escape. There is sometimes with um, the cops when they're investigating and they have their interpersonal connections, but it still feels like it's still on that. And granted, this is like the first six episodes of the show, but it's still that surface level kind of stereotype territory. Yeah. And it's not it hasn't gone beyond that as far as where it is right now as of 2021. Yeah. So but I I still think that show like I'm not I'm not a private investigator. I've never been kidnapped before. <laughs> like, Point in not... case, no one's a fucking dragon. No one's a dragon queen. Yeah, no that's yeah, like like Game of Thrones. You don't no need to be these occupations to to relate to the show. So yeah. that's why I'm even like challenging myself. Yeah. Me not watching Frasier was a personal choice, but it also was rooted in, in ignorance because I was just like, oh, I would not be interested in that show. Granted, I could have watched Frasier two or three episodes of Frasier as an eight year old kid, and my ass might be a fucking psychiatrist or a therapist right now. But I didn't watch it because I, I assumed they're like, oh, this guy is an older, older white guy. He's wearing a tie and stuff like that. And I'm not and this is not me. So, like, I don't I didn't watch it. But what yeah. the funny part is, is that I did watch Mary Tyler Moore and I did watch the Dick Van Dyke show. And so and then I like grow up to be like to like writing, to like journalism and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, that's it, it so does, cool. It, but you can track it back to that. Yeah, it ends up it does. It does have an effect on you because yeah. I watched those. Those shows didn't even have black people in them. And I watched it, you know, because I watched Good Times and, and the Jeffersons and all that shit mm. instead. But I'd watch those and I Love Lucy. I watched both. And because no. my brother and I, we didn't care what who was in it. We cared about like just the substance of the show was funny. Well, I feel like that's why it's so important now more than ever to make sure that you're watching a wide variety of different things and not just writing things off because of what you think it is. Like going off of what its surface level is, because like we like when we were kids, like we didn't have a choice necessarily of what to watch other than like the time that we started watching TV. Right. The time of day and what network it was. Now there's so much choice. There's the Internet, there's streaming services, there's all this stuff. And people can hyper pick like what they want to watch. If you want to have the most boring, whitest experience possible, you could pick the most boring, whitest shows like where you never have to question your own, you know, that's what I'm afraid of you. Yeah. Because now you don't, now it's not like, oh, I was watching Fox uh, at this time and uh, uh, this show came on this with white people, this show came on with black people, this show came on with a mixed race uh, uh, family. Yeah. And that's what just came on in that block. Yeah. But now it's like, no, I can only choose to watch Friends. I can only choose to watch Seinfeld. I can only choose to watch Frasier. And they never see the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I think that's they, why ignorance is at an all-time high. I mean, we have that to the point with social media where people don't even realize that's happening to them and their their feeds are being curated back to them and their worldviews are spiraling out of control. I see. I like to believe, though, that these racist bigots and shit that were storming the Capitol, I think they just don't want to admit it, but they, I know they ass are kinky and they go home like, 
ooh, I'm gonna watch The Proud Family tonight. I'm not gonna tell none of my fucking racist friends. <laughs> they like it's like it's like them doing crack or doing doing drugs. But to see the thing is, you would like they'll like that's why it's so stupid to be racist because you will like this shit if you fucking try it. They it's like, like crack. It. Like You're it. gonna like it if you try yeah. it. Yeah, they be like, well, I'm gonna go home and listen to Tupac. I'm gonna eat chitlins and you know, they, yeah, they be doing that shit in secret. I yeah. know you. I know I see you, racist bitches. I know y'all be secretly loving black people shit. Yeah. I and I think it's like it shows every time they like watch a movie and they don't realize that it's like, you know, like, oh, wow. Like, I really like that movie. The Little Things. It was great. It was about cops. It's like, yeah, yeah you know who's in that? Denzel Washington and Rami Malek. But Denzel Washington, he transcends. I know. The race. Cause is he a, Bad- like, he's is just he a Badulian? Huh? Is he an Erica Badulian? Yes. He's one of the Badulians. OK. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just realized that's like. Other than Jerry Leto's weird ass, they, that's like an African-American cast. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a couple supporting white cops in well, there. Well, I'm talking about the three main actors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. True. But, uh, so, in order to talk about the 90s, we thought it would be good to include someone who was barely in the 90s. Like, just made the cutoff. So, yes. we, we have our roommate. Uh, my ex-roommate, I guess, technically. Cade Taylor here, resident Gen Z. Oh. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> resident Gen Zer. Is there like a name for Gen Z kids other than Gen Z kids? Because I feel like that's offensive. Gen, Gen Z? I feel like Zillennials. Zillennials. I've never heard that. Look it up. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. It's about you. Uh, I just made that up, maybe. No, I think that might be a real thing. So, Cade, we want to ask you thing about things from the 90s to see mm-hmm. if you know about yes, them. Yes, and if you don't know them, I'm going to be highly offended <laughs> because I was only born two years into the 80s, and I still know a lot of things from the 80s. So okay, pop quiz. Who, now the pressure's been raised. Pop uh, quiz? What's up? What you trying quiz, to cover me? Who is Tiffany? Tiffany who? The singer? Yeah. I know who Tiffany the singer is. Okay, good. He passed. It's Why? not gonna be so easy for you, Kate. Did you just I, did you just so discover who she was? Already. Yeah. Oh, no, I know I know who Tiffany was. It's just the only '80s thing I can think of. Oh, okay. All Taking right. me in front of your legions of fans just to make a fool of me. Legions, okay. thank you. We're also gonna make you shamelessly plug your like thirty thousand strong like TikTok at the end of this. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. He just he he said legions of fan just so he could weird flex us. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I, it, 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 all of his successes happened in my presence. So I'm just going to say I'm a great supporter cast member. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. I I am the, the Richard Pryor to his Gene Wilder. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's a great comp. Yeah. For both of you. Yes. I like that. Who am I in this scenario? Mel Brooks? Oh, no. Bitch, please. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. So let's just. I'm just gonna go down this list. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask you questions. You might be some people. It might be a place, a thing, a group of people. I don't know. You gotta. If you don't know it, mm-hmm. you will get slimed. Oh, but <laughs> the thing is, you have to do your best to try and tell us what it is. So if you don't know what it is, make something up. Okay. Yes. And answer one way or another. Tell Top us what of you your think intelligence. it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did we say the same thing at the same time? Yeah. Uh, no. No, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> Play that back. <laughs> So the first thing is the aggro crag. What is the aggro crag? Aggro crag sounds like... That sounds like, what is it exactly? Aggro crag. Let me tell you what the aggro crag is. (laughs) Please stall some more. The aggro crag is a device that was invented 
it was a children's toy and it kind of like bop it but uh you you crag it? Crag it. <laughs> okay. Okay, the thing is, I actually don't know what the aggro crag is. Because you're stupid, is. too. Uh, the, the, aggro like, crag, the, crag? the aggro crag was the final event on Global Guts. What is I don't, Global that, Guts? What do you like, mean, what is Global Guts? You guys are... This, here's is, the, this thing this you don't my, know anything about was the final event on this other this, thing you don't no, know anything no, about. Okay. Okay. People who are listening are going to know what it is. It was a Tell TV us. show on Nickelodeon. Okay. And on the TV show, a bunch of different kids came from different parts of the country. And it was like gladiators for, for kids. Mm-hmm. And all those and people sense. from, from uh, Russia or, or India or, I don't know, America, whatever, would all compete in different gladiator, gladiatorial challenges. And at the very end, it was the aggro crag. was a big, giant thing. Uh-huh. Wait, so they had to fight the crag or fight no, inside the crag? No, they had to climb up it. And as they climbed up it, a bunch of different people would try to attack them. It was literally like the, mo- the more athletic version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of close. Y'all are not culture. It was like no. a, I was guessing it was <laughs> like a, a competition of sorts. Bop it. I did think it was Similarly. a. I did think it was like a toy. Like, do you remember those toys in the '90s where it's like a kind of like a wrestler guy and you like supposed to throw him around and like beat the crap out of him? I know. <laughs> You don't That's, remember this? It sounds like poor people toys. I didn't play with those. I only played <laughs> oh play with diamonds. And <laughs> okay, uh, so, coastal elite. Speaking over. of diamonds, mm-hmm. uh, what is Mace and Puff Daddy? Um, I'm, Mace and Puff Daddy are two rappers, hip hop artists. What? Okay, I know. Name a song though. I, uh, wait, do I have to, if I don't know a song, just name, one, yeah, just name one. Diamonds. We were talking about diamonds. I would say diamonds. They did a song called Diamonds. Um, no. They did a called song called Close Up. Uh, uh, jewels. Mm, this is no. so hard. I so badly <laughs> want to like just chime in. Grant, because you're trying to call him out with your white ass. Okay, you first of all, Puff Daddy mm-hmm. is the artist formerly known as Puff Daddy because he now is. What does he go by now? Sean Combs? Does he just go what? by? He goes by. He's, well, he's, he's P Diddy. He's all of them now. Yeah, well, he's yeah, P Diddy. I've heard P Diddy. Yeah. He still goes by Puff. Mace. I don't know who Mace is. Mace. No, oh my god. Was Mace like someone that he like worked with in the nineties? Uh, every video, come on. Are, do they like, have any songs? All those songs. Do they have any songs that sound like diamonds or jewels? They have all about the Benjamins. Oh, I know that song. Right. All about the Benjamins, yeah. baby. Don't like you never heard the song that was like it was like the sample of uh Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. And I have. Yeah, like don't push me because okay. I'm close it, to the edge. Yeah. So even I if know. I get the answer right, this game is gonna just press him until he uh, <laughs> to, to get it wrong. Me nuts. All this right. Is, I'm two for two with you though, Kane. Yeah. Who is Bob Barker? Bob Barker is a comedian. Okay. And what does he do? He was what is he a known co-host for? on a late night show. Ah, you're you're kind of close, but not at all. Okay, that was yeah. I was I felt you don't know who confident. Bob Barker is. I here. Let me clearly give you, know the name. The let me give you a hint. Let me give you a What? You just told it. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said the quote from Happy Gilmore, which is "The price is wrong, Bob." Oh, Grant always knows how to ruin everything. <laughs> um, okay. Say? My parents are fighting. No, there's no point saying it now because you told him who he was. Okay. Do you know? The price is right. Yeah. Well, is that what he is that how he got his start? 
Well, just hosting what? that show. I don't show? think you just no, like they don't did a media. By the time we got on you want a TV right. show? Okay, what did that's you do nice. Before the Price is Right. I don't know. Well, I know Leslie Jones's whole career, and now she's the host of The Price is Right. So, yeah. Actually, is it Supermarket Sweep? Yeah, you're. Apparently, I don't know her. You are like negative five for zero. (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna shut up and let Kate answer. Uh, okay. What is an ecto cooler? An ecto cooler is from Ghostbusters, and it's where they store the ectoplasm. That is a very good answer, but that is wrong. Damn, I was really (laughs) confident with that one. It was like uh, they were basically like the high C versions of like Capri Suns. Oh shit! Okay. And they were fired. Do you and know what those are? I know what Capri Sun is. Okay. Yeah. Capri Suns are still popping. What Use are you Capri Sun in I sentence. played Little League Soccer. Okay. All right. How about Lisa Frank? Who's Lisa Frank? Lisa Frank is a singer. Oh. What does she sing? She sings, I'll Be There For You. Ooh. Is that the Friends theme song? <laughs> I she, it's a lyric from the Friends Does she do a cover of <laughs> She does the cover of the Friends theme. <laughs> uh, Lisa Frank. No, no, no. Lisa Frank. That was like, I think it's a like a designer. It was like a style. Remember like all yeah. the little like, it was like rainbow unicorns and rainbow So she's folders. not a singer. No. You made oh, me sound like, like I got artist. that right. Yeah. No. For a second. And I don't that's even think happy. the actual person, woman who created it was called Lisa Frank. I think that's just the name of the fucking it, Well, yeah, that's kind of, it. yeah, that's true. Because like, oh. it's, well, it's like Keith Haring imagery but like they'd be on like lunch boxes and backpacks that, and that stuff. sounds like some shit you learn just because you're married to lizzie keith herring no keith herring's like a like pretty famous he's like a pretty famous like a white person artist i would say he's, uh, i would say like this is not my podcast i would say like white white people know keith herring he's very famous in like the lgbtq community because he's oh. gay he's like very famous and he died of aids oh very well famous good for him well <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no So who's next Let's see Oh maybe not Who's next Go 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 That's from the 90s ain't it Um I don't think so I don't know where it's from Who is Alex Mack Alex Mack Was Uh Infamous Serial killer mm. How oh. many murders Did Alex Mack commit 26 Damn I mean, yeah. probably. <laughs> when did they catch him? They caught him after he illegally parked his car and it had to be impounded. Is in New York City. And they took it to the impound lot and, it, and then they were going to resell it and they were going through it and they found a body in the trunk. Damn. Damn. And well, his name was engraved on it because that was... A dumb thing he did as a serial. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very one. not a smart serial killer. <laughs> That's how we all know his name today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, Alex Mack was a fictional character portrayed by the same actress that played the like little sister in Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm. You guys probably don't know who that is either. No, I. Well, I have to think back. Ugh, this is what like, was the lead this character? Became, intended- like, this is like not even me like coming <laughs> for Cade. This is just like this is like me looking bad, but then Grant looking even worse. Yeah, Grant looking even worse. <laughs> I'm here to make you look good, Cade. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't know who that is? Whatever. She's in Babysitters Club too, but you don't know who that is because that's even before this. Wait, so she's from the movie, or she? In a it's lot? a TV show. It's on Nickelodeon. Alex Mack is a character. The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Yeah, uh-huh. she would like. Or Secret World or something. She she got like uh she ran into she like there was some company, evil company that was doing some weird experiments. They accidentally spilled the shit on her and then she like got the 
chemicals inside her body so she could transform into liquid. And so, like, mm. it was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, neither one of y'all know that. I mean, I guess these things are not... I p- pers- purposely picked things that were... Obscure. Popular? They're not obscure. Don't say that. It's just <laughs> oh, I don't you know, guys well, didn't. It's not like who was the president. You guys didn't do like anything. I'm like a black person that somehow still was able to see all these things. And the only Puff Daddy <laughs> and Mace is the only black thing in this list. True. Um, okay. Who is Kwame, Wheeler, Linka, Guy, and Mati? They are members of a band. Ooh. That's, yeah. And okay. the band's name is. This is going the, the first the 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 big groove, the big groove, the big groove. And but did they did they stand for any like social issues? Yes. What did they stand for? They stood for. They were against the Gulf War. Okay, kind of close. <laughs> why? Why? Why would they be against the Gulf War? What? what they happened? did not like the fact that America was going over there just to, for oil interests. Ooh, and yeah, this off, is getting closer. Uh, and pretty much colonizing Kuwait. Oh. Did they also have rings of power that united them? Yeah, they did. Yes, much like the Avengers with their Infinity Stones, each one of them had a ring, and when they put their hands together, they were stronger. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if it like Earth. Are they like the characters from Captain Planet? Yes. Or something? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, you they were definitely not a band. How okay, here's one for you. Say cheese and die, monster blood, and why I'm afraid of bees. Mm. What is this from? Those are what are those titles from? Those are wait, those are three. Those are three songs from, um, I can't even think of a 90s artist, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I can't remember, I can't remember the album name skipping me, but there were, okay. there were three songs on, on their first album. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Was their first album in the 90s, Chili Did, did, uh, when you listen to these uh, songs, maybe. did they give you like a certain feeling? Like on your skin or your they, arms, you know they're they kind of they 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 inspire. Like the, you yeah. know what a hair goosebumps. That's what they are, mm. goosebumps bugs. Like that? See how clever, fucking clever, clever I am? Move. And you would think that I had that plan. Did I have that plan? No, I thought of that at, right now because I'm a fucking genius. Okay, anyway, I'm so impressed, man. Oh, you should be, bitch. I mean, Grant, <laughs> damn, came Call in me hot. On my name. Uh, all right, here I got another one for you. Mm-hmm. Who is Al? Alf? Al. Al. Kelly. Mm. And Bud mm-hmm. and Margaret, also known as Peggy. Those were all characters from the TV show Ooh. Full House. Ah. I mean, it was, it was a full house of people, but that's not the TV show. I'll give you a hint. We just recently watched a show with Grant and Lizzie, and that guy in it is in this show. He was the dad of this show, but now he's now he's old. Do you remember Modern the show? Modern Family. Yeah. There's a, there's a name in there. Same. Family that, Matters. No, it's like, think about it. <laughs> that's like from the 60s. That's our old show, right? That's not from the 60s. That's from the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. What? what was I thinking of? 
Uh, all in the family. All in the family. Not it's not family. It's not in the name, but oh. it's about a family. No, it's with, married with children. Oh, yeah. you never would, have gotten. You wouldn't that. have known that. Yeah. yeah. Did you know it? I've only seen one episode of that show, and I still know of it. See, because oh, being I saw, a genius doesn't mean you have to watch it. Uh, this is just I saw a, a couple. Mike Thompson ego trip. It really is. I saw a couple of scenes. Sure. On TV. Uh, who is Michigan J. Frog? <laughs> Michigan J. Frog is a reverend. Oh yeah, you know Michigan Started J. Frog. His own religion. What? What was the? What's their slogan? More frogs, more problems. Exactly. So he's an anti-frog preacher? He's an anti-frog Yeah, because frog the frog preacher. is one of the plagues. He should be. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, but he, he's trying to use the name uh, as a calling card against frogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on every Saturday, he would have, like, cartoons to show for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, he came out on, he was on Channel 12. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, no, the Michigan J. Frog was the mascot for the WB. What's the WB? Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, that's great, too. The WB is, is a Warner Brothers channel from way back in the day. Oh. This is like, remember Animaniacs? What? Animaniacs? Do you know who they are? Uh, they sound like animated maniacs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> These are, I don't even have them written down. I mean, I don't know how else I would describe them. <laughs> Uh, this is pretty self-evident. It's it pretty was dumb a cartoon. question if you ask me. <laughs> Clearly, they're animated maniacs. It was a cartoon with animated Warner Brothers and their Warner sister Dot. And it was three characters. You probably have seen a video. They're like black and they look like dogs, kind of. Okay. I'll show you a video. All they right. do one where he names like all the fucking st- the countries in the world and it's fucking crazy. All 196. Yeah, he names all of them. It's crazy. All right, so the next thing is the Stinky Cheese Man. Stinky Cheese Man. That was a mascot for uh, Kraft cheese. <laughs> that would be a terrible mascot to pick. <laughs> no, they started uh, they started a uh, a strong cheese macaroni and cheese special brand, and so the strong cheese man came out and he would say, "Can you handle this cheese?" And it's kind of like <laughs> a masculine selling point to the to the strong. The strong cheese, strong cheese, yeah, you know, like blue, like uh, Havarti is a pretty Jarlsberg. So at mm. what point did the strong cheese man become the stinky cheese man? Well, well, he's called the stinky cheese man, but it's strong cheeses because they smell kind of stinky. Oh, okay, yeah, I see. The strong is the brand. Strong cheese is the brand. Stinky cheese man is the mascot. Okay, okay. I mean, obvious. shit, he probably was that. I can barely remember who the stinky cheese man is anyway. But <laughs> it was a book, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, and too. it was like I used to I remember checking out that book all the time because they only let me check out picture books back when I was in elementary school even though I could read chapter books by the time I was like in second grade but they were like no you can't check out chapter books nigga because niggas can't read that well and so they make me check out only picture books and but which librarian so said that smart. <laughs> which, was, which librarian was that a direct quote from uh, let's put them on blast <laughs> no I'm just Mrs. kidding Mrs. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> She used to have a bald spot at the top of her head. Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't even change her name or nothing. That's her exact name. Uh, okay, but anyway, yeah. She didn't She didn't really say that. It was her and Mrs. Kincaid. They both basically said I couldn't check out shit. They also didn't even let me be in the gate program, even though I tested for the gate program, because they said that I might be, feel uncomfortable being around these kids. Wow. Um, We're not even going to get into that. That's not one of the episodes. But... That's a teaser. Yeah, that's a teaser for another episode. So Stinky Cheese Man was a book. It was kind of like the gingerbread man, but except everybody didn't want him. 
Mm-hmm. He wasn't he like notorious? I feel like it was like you like the book was like you'd see like newspaper clippings of him. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the gingerbread man, everyone was trying to chase him to get him. Everybody didn't want the fucking sticky cheese man. Yeah. They, they made him an accident. Did they read that in the like the, the librarians at your school read that to you guys? Because I feel yeah. like they read it. Like they'd always read like certain like nominated books to us. Oh yeah, the, the they had like the Newbery Awards and shit. Yeah, oh. yeah. Did they do that at your school? We. I mean, yeah. by the time he went to school, they had only iPads. We didn't iPads. read school, no. We just had it downloaded into our brains. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, of course we did. We had Reading Rainbow, and they'd wheel in the TV. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you know what that is? Reading Rainbow. Yeah. Is that on the list? No. No. Oh, I was about to say that's it's too. E- it's too easy. That would be easy. Do you know who Linda Linda Ellerby is? Linda Ellerby was Amelia Earhart's sister-in-law. Oh yeah. And, wow. I'm um, impressed you knew that. She spent her entire life trying to find Amelia Earhart's body. Uh, Man. What did you think when she she found it? It was all in vain. (laughs) I thought, that's the wrong body. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, Linda Ellerby, she might as well have been that person. What? She might as well have been that person. Who was Linda Ellerby? She was she was like a TV personality that did like Nick News, like Nickelodeon News. Yeah, it would. They were like what? at the end of the night, like after they had like the Saturday Snick block with uh, like Are You Afraid of the Dark and uh, all of that and all those cool shows. Which you probably also don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Mm-mm. That's so that's shameful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it wasn't just you. Like my wife doesn't know all that. I had to tell her about it. <sighs> what? Hmm. T- my wife. I, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I'm going to take a break from Trump supporters, and I'm going to take a break from the racist people, and I'm going to fuck with y'all from now on. All these progressives out here, all these liberals and shit, acting like y'all are so goddamn cultured, and y'all all about everybody, and uniting everyone, and you don't know nothing but the, the, the corner of your bubble. So I'm like, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you tell someone from Kentucky who's known nothing but racism, who's known nothing but white people to branch out and get to know things when your ass lived in liberal California and you don't even know shit outside your own bubble. Stop trying to tell other people to get outside their box when you went, you barely tipped your toe outside of it. Are you talking to me? Yeah. I'm not the one who doesn't know all that. But there, I mean, there are things that you didn't know. That's so true. so, I what, didn't know so what I'm Ellerby, trying to say is I didn't know Linda Ellerby I also didn't even know that Nick at Night Had a news channel No it's not Nick at Night It was on Nick, Nickelodeon That's what I mean, I didn't know Nickelodeon had a news channel It wasn't a news channel It was a, it was a <laughs> TV it news. A news program News program. Yeah it came on right after uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark In wow. my defense this is not going to support it. Stopped, this is, it stopped it, being on the it, air when you... When also, I was saying, in my defense, I don't know anything that aired on TV when I was of the age. You know, like, I didn't watch TV as a kid. But that, see, I I'm used not, to... I, I, I'm not defending no, myself against I used your to let you. I used to let you use that, but there was a lot of people I know that don't want, used to watch TV, and they still know of it. Okay. Because that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean... Like, just because you didn't watch TV and not be aware of it doesn't fly when there could be books I've never read. But I'm I'm still aware of it. I didn't go. Yeah. I didn't. I never well, even seen the cover well, of it. If I get some of these answers right, but then the follow up questions like, "What's a song they did?" It's like, okay, like, I know of them. Yeah. I didn't know the yeah. song. This is if I don't, if I haven't heard of it completely, then yeah, put me on blast. But like, you can't know every. 
person's everything. I don't you know, think most know. people know Linda Ellerby. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't no, but Linda that's Ellerby's. not what I'm getting at. You're going to see it. You're going to try to get defensive. But we've had so many conversations where I can literally name you Green Day songs. I can name you songs from Prince. I can name you songs from Aretha Franklin, Anita Baker, and fucking Grateful Dead. But you over here be like, oh, I didn't, I don't know. No, my mom and dad didn't listen to that, so I don't know that. My mom and dad didn't listen to fucking Green Day. My mom and dad didn't listen to Nirvana. I, I found, I figured that shit out on my own. So I'm just like, I'm not, it's, it's not, it's not measuring uh, who's better than who's, who or who has more knowledge. But I'm saying y'all, y'all were inside your own bubbles and boxes. So I'm saying it's very easy to do that. So yeah. that's why I said I need to take a step back from going so hard on these bigots and people from the South and all that stuff like that. Sometimes I get gassed up and I let I let these California liberals and stuff or <laughs> West Coast liberals like you guys gas me up and get so mad at the other white people. Meanwhile, the white people next to me don't know shit either. You know, you have a you, point there. You need to educate I, yourself. Because like, I, I feel the same way about certain people when they always are like trying to say like, oh, it's all the cops and cops are the only villain in the world. It's like, no. Well, like, plenty of white business owners don't hire people of color. Like, plenty of like, like I Done plenty and said plenty of racist things on accident. Yeah, we that's what that's what I'm basically yeah. getting at. We fuck yeah. it up in our own backyard and we yeah. over here trying to like come after like, people from. I feel yeah, like that's it's like true. you can't expect somebody to know something if they've never heard about it, but then once they've heard about it, for them to continue not knowing about it is like a little bit. That's what drives me nuts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like I've like never heard of these like problems with whatever, like the police or whatever, but then I hear about it and then you're like, oh shoot. But if you're just like, I've never heard about it and then somebody tells you and you're like, oh, I've heard about it. Yeah, like for example, if I was like, I've never, because like for a while I used to be like, I don't like rap music, and I just like thought that, mm. and I felt like, at first I was like, I felt like I could stand that statement, and then I was like, oh, that's just me being kind of like ignorant, because like it's something that like I never heard, and then I just like thought I didn't like without having See, but actually, and that, that I I I, it, I totally understand that, but the, the concept of not. Of disliking an entire thing mm-hmm. always blew my mind ever since I was a little kid. That's why it has nothing to do with me being black. The reason why I was so about social justice and progressiveness It's just how I was as a human being mm-hmm. and just how because I guess I was a black kid. I was surrounded by white kids, so I, or I had to automatically I had no choice but to learn things outside of my own culture. And mm-hmm. then when I went back home, I went back to the culture. So I had to learn, learn both things. I got to go to school and I have to be able to hold a conversation to talk about Blossom. And then I have to be able to go home and hold a conversation to talk about uh, the Jeffersons or whatever. So, like, it's like I have to learn both things. So, because of that, I'm just saying I'm learning a bunch of stuff. And then my dad and myself were both fascinated with Japanese culture, Chinese culture. So, then I'm learning all about that, too. So, now I got that. I'm uh, I'm learning about Asian things. And I'm fascinated with with any Asian in media. And then then you got... Uh, my mom and like she watches a lot of like classic westerns and classic movies and stuff like that. So then I learned about all the old school movies that are made way before I was even born. These movies are made in 1930s and shit. So that's what I'm saying. Just because something was made in the time you weren't born is not an excuse. I wasn't around when Casablanca fucking came out, but I knew what the fuck Casablanca was when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because somebody else probably brought it into your attention or you sought it out and you're like, oh, I'm trying to figure out these things. So that's that's the reason why I'm like, yeah. ugh. Well, that's like it, something it's, I'm like annoyed with at myself for like when I was younger. It's like I, And I feel like only now I'm starting to do it better is like not disliking an entire... It's like not being so quick to like write off a whole thing. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I feel like for a while I was like, oh, or even like as a kid when you're like, I don't like, like, I don't like, I used to like be like, I don't like nonfiction, you know, 
And then it's like, well, no, I actually like a lot of the books that my favorite books are actually nonfiction. Or like when you're in school and you're like, I just don't like math. And you're like, well, actually, math can be interesting if it's applied to <laughs> that you find it to be interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> math is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, but math, I have tra- I have a traumatic experience with math, so I can't. I mean, that's but, like just like an example of like yeah. being like, oh, like, or like, or I used to think I've done like, English, like literature. I used to just think I didn't like school. And then it was like, well, no, I just like, there's like things I like. It's just like, you're not going to like the whole thing. So, you know, you can't be, it's that, you can't be so picky. Yeah. And so like you can't be so picky to be like, well, this is like this one little thing's annoying me, you know? No, I agree. Yeah. I used to think the same thing about nonfiction. I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I hate nonfiction. Nonfiction is boring. And then I'm like, your black ass read the autobiography of Malcolm X and you're like in elementary school and that's <laughs> nonfiction. But I didn't think I'm not, I just. It's like, my, it's interesting. It's not nonfiction. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> that's not nonfiction. That's real. Yeah. You're like, that's what nonfiction is. <laughs> but yeah, I would always think it'd be like about George Washington, like, you know, building his third house. I was like, I do not want to read that. Well, I remember like accidentally winding up in the nonfiction section at the school library and being like, what the hell am I doing here? I want to get out as quickly as possible. It's schoolwork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I only uh-huh. want to read about dragons and fantasy. My yes. final example of this is like my oldest brother who used to only be into like classic rock, you know, like Led Zeppelin and all that, like just just that genre. See, he probably can't remember and he probably won't admit this, but it's it's because of a certain group or a certain identity that he was trying to assimilate Oh, no. To. Yeah, he definitely, because we'd go like to Hot Topic and he'd buy like the band shirts and stuff. But like, I remember because he was so cool to me, I was like, I only like that music too. And now mm. like, I'm going to hate pop. And now I listen to so much pop, especially like... That was on the radio when I was younger and I only kind of heard. And now I listen to it and it's like nostalgic and I love it, even mm. though at the time I would have judged it so hard. See? So it's like, I'm still getting over whatever holds I have on that. And you're going to have so much more fun. Yeah, it's like, like the more things you can like, the more interesting. I don't yeah. Know. It's just hard. Like, obviously still I'm not, like, I'm still judgmental a lot of the time. So it's like trying to remind myself to be like, well, let's try to learn a little bit more. I do oh. think as humans, like we have so much like need to be like, like, in, like in community and like in group with people that like and that we sometimes do that by separating ourselves like out group like we say like oh i'm not like this other group over here and i think that's the that's where mm-hmm. a lot of this comes from is being like oh well you know i can only like classic rock so well, therefore i, like I, I have to better. hate all the people who don't listen i definitely like had that. like a superiority complex because i was like i was like all my all my friends in like middle school like huh, they don't know like led zeppelin and pink floyd like i do so like i'm th- they're just listening to like whatever oh, on I'm, radio but i'm better than them and then i was like i'm so dumb it's just like <laughs> insecurity i think that I yeah that's pretty insecure. i think every roommate Still i've had lived in this house has said the same thing that you said <laughs> like they're like like they they all think that because like, they know Led Zeppelin everything. I'm like I know who they are too. Just because I'm not fa- like fanboying over them doesn't mean I'm not aware of them. Mm-hmm. Also, like stop trying to like I mean I, I, it just it's people. I have cousins that did the same thing. Like they like us, they would very much identify with a certain rapper or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like I'm having so much fun because if motherfucking. Britney Spears could come on. I know all the lyrics. I'm about to dance to it. Mm-hmm. And then if that goes off, and then Garth Brooks comes on, I'm like, that shit's fire too. Mm-hmm. And so is Shania Twain. <laughs> and so is this fucking classical song by Beethoven, Mozart, yeah. uh, you know, Chopin or something like that. And then I'm like, oh, and then if none of that stuff is on, and it's some weird French song, I'm like, I like that too. Like, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I started relating it a lot to movies and television and like, I, everything became cinematic or visual to me and that's why I started to like everything because I would see it's like a different movie like yeah. if how if you if you wanted to become a filmmaker or a storyteller and you only listen to classic rock then how is your, how can you tell a full story because every song is going to be classic rock no there has to be like a love moment so now it's a power ballad and then there has to be a sad scary moment so now it's like classical music yeah. and now it has to be so like or it's like Samurai Shampoo and 
Uh, oh, yeah. Cowboy Bebop. And it's like the same creator, but like, it's like there's such a power in being able to like have a totally different genre applied to something. So then yeah. it's like, the more you know, it's just like new experiences pretty much. Yeah. So damn, you know, this conversation became like, get, get outside your bubble. Yeah. Uh, which like, obviously, which is so funny because it's me failing at this quiz and then being like, I should get out of my but bubble But it kind of it started like, the, it's coming full circle because of the whole thing with the 90s that we were talking about earlier is like, like, it, it, it TV expanded out of its bubble and then it kind of retracted and now we're in this stage where it's like now everyone gets to pick their own bubbles. I do think like since I've really like ever listened to music, it's been very easy for me to listen to music. Like I've always been able to get music for free pretty much mm. or like watch and then like. Well, I used to think Led Zeppelin was a heavy metal like screamo band <laughs> because one time I was playing Final Fantasy X and in the beginning there's this song that's like da 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 and like my friend said, oh, this sounds like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, oh, Led Zeppelin must be a heavy uh, metal band. I'm having, I'm having, I have three rage <laughs> blackouts just right now. My seventh, seventh grade self is like, oh, I'm so much cooler than Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took you that long? Final Fantasy X? Well, I played Final Fantasy X in fifth uh, grade. See, don't fuck around me. Immigrant song, I was in a playground on a fucking playset singing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I really <laughs> like on the top, like, ah! <laughs> I really didn't discover music until middle school. That's, so like, sixth that's what I'm saying. It's like I didn't listen to like by the time I was like listening to my own stuff, it was like I could just find whatever I wanted like on iTunes or like whatever or even mm. Spotify. By the time I was in high school, see that's privilege. You didn't have to download it illegally. No, but like, like if so I had many to go kids to a record, the thing is like if I had to go to a record store or if I only had what my brothers had, then like I feel like it's almost like when you can choose whatever you want, it's like it's very easy to just kind of because it's also being recommended to you. So it's like what I'm getting recommended is only in like my little. Circle versus like mm. hearing like I never listened to the radio where you get like a bigger, wider. But even then, the radio is the same forty songs for six months. That's true, but it like cycles a little bit more. I don't know. Like I guess like because like I guess I'm not saying like it's like my like, my bubble is just like very it's like a small indie bubble. Mm. Besides the classic rock stuff, once I started listening to like my own music, it was like Northwest Seattle like indie people. I think it's really. I See, think but I listen. Oh, go ahead. I could I have gotten out like, of my bubble easily. I think it's really hard to <laughs> break outside of whatever bubble you have without doing it consciously. I think you yeah. have to do it consciously. I was but a in conscious order, consumer. In order to do that, you have to know that that's what you like need to do. You have to be told well, I mean, to do that. Or you could just be if you're. I think it's like a personality trait. It's like, do you like what is comfortable, or are you a person that's like really gunning for new experiences? And I think at that point in my life. I just liked it was comfortable, and I feel like now I'm have, what trying do you think? to be more of like an experience. What do you person. think, Mike? About have this? you guys ever? Do you you guys need to take time to write out. Uh, you probably have done this and not done it fully, but write out like your aesthetics and what you like. Pinterest, Pinterest Okay, you no, like this is this is before you know Pinterest came out. Like, and that's that's how I became to like to start to learn what I liked is I just looked at what I like for aesthetically. Like, it's not it has nothing to do with race, it has nothing to do with time period, it has nothing to do with genre. It has to do with like certain things that make how it makes me feel, and that could be anything. And that way, like I, because I, I don't think I'm doing it consciously. I don't think I'm actually like, oh, today let me make sure I listen to a female singer. Let me make sure I watch a TV show with more than five white people. In it and make, let me make sure like like no I'm not I'm not doing it like that I just literally just pick things that I like yeah. and there are things that I still avoid and I don't fuck with but I try not to knock on it too much one example is Emily in Paris I ain't gonna watch that shit I'll tell you that right now uh, I know Sorry, what it Emily. is 
and I but I ain't gonna never fuck with it. Like, because yeah. <laughs> the same reason I didn't watch Emily in Paris, I didn't watch what like nine hundred two one zero Melrose Place or anything other shit that he made. I didn't. I'm not gonna watch none of that. But I know what all those things are. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's like being able. Just it's like acknowledging or being aware of the things around me, but not not immersing myself in it. So I'm not. I'm not. When I the reason why I get so frustrated is when people say I have no clue what that is. I'm like no clue. Nothing at all. Then I'm like, that makes me nervous because it's like, how much do you not have a clue about who I am? Because mm. if you don't, if you weren't that aware of things that are not about you and not mm. within within your own self, then that means you're not even paying attention to to the people around you. Yeah, well, that's why I do think that's like why I would stand by my earlier statement where it's like it's like it's not like being conscious in the sense of being like I need to watch like a sh- I need to wa- go. I mean, it could be this, but like like I need to go like watch like a show with like this many like black people in it or like like you were saying you know like all those examples but more of like i'm the type of person that is going to look for i want to watch a show that's like i'm like something that's like a show i haven't experienced before right so it's like yeah like oh now i'm gonna watch like an anime or something you know it's like like something that's totally different versus like somebody that's like well i really like the office so now i'm gonna watch parks and rec the classic thing is like familiar (laughs) but different yeah that's what it is all like, right, so there's like two more things on this list. Okay, <laughs> we kind of like went off the rails. Uh, I'm gonna get them both wrong and then just be like, "Yeah, I'm living in my." You're gonna get both of them wrong. <laughs> what is Fruitopia? Fruitopia? Yeah. My mind immediately. Oh, actually, I know. Of course, I know. Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops is from Fruitopia. Ah, he might be. <laughs> that actually could work. He I've might never be, but that for damn sure ain't what Fruitopia is. But he might be from there. Uh, no, it was a drink. It was like oh. a it was like a sugary version of like Powerade and like those types of drinks. That's such a weird name for a drink because it sounds like a place, right? No, like but Dinotopia. It, yeah, it was, mm, but it was I fucking. Love it was they were fire. <laughs> okay, Dinotopia is a fun one. I thought that it was just a book, like a pop-up book those five pages i didn't realize it was based on a full series that they did made a like a mini series about well, it's originally a book that's not a pop-up book i know i only had a pop-up book as a kid so that's all i knew i only had the original book and then we had this vhs of the dinotopia series did you know this was a full series or full book yeah okay. I, I i i like i take for granted now that i'm thinking about it as i hear this like my dad was always loved books mm-hmm. and my dad loves movies my mom loved movies and like and like reality television and stuff like that and so like i even if whatever i didn't uh look at on my own like with comic books and and tv shows and cartoons i would get from my parents too because they also like we we watch those things and we mm-hmm. immerse ourselves in entertainment so that's why i just i i become aware of things yeah yeah so like you also that, have a really great memory whereas i have a really shit mm-hmm. memory mm-hmm. Because you don't, you choose not to remember because it makes it easier for you. If white people can't have a bad memory, guess what you don't have to remember? Racism. Got me there. So why don't you <laughs> fix that fucking memory so you can remember those black people in chains, guys need, bloody on the streets. <laughs> you guys need to get sponsored by like one of those brain games. And so at the end of this, you can be like, and that's why you should listen to Headspace. Brain Quest. Do you yeah. remember Brain Quest? Yeah. Do you know what Brain Quest is? That sounds like, uh, like one of the games they kind of give you in class in like school. Like math, math blasters. Oh, or was it like a? Uh, that's what my mind. But wasn't it like a game show? 
You were brain closer, games. You were closer I'm the first brain time. Games. No, it was like the little. It was like a long, uh, rectangular like like cards, and the teachers could like read them to you, and it, like they had the answers on them. It's like oh, did they questions. like flip? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I did have that. I just forgot the name. Yeah, they. Yeah, I think they yeah, still yeah. make those. My mom would get those for us when we like go on trips and stuff. Okay, yeah. so here's the last one. Try to make me smart. This last one How did they is, do? is in a genre that you like. If it wasn't for this person. The people that you listen to today probably wouldn't be able to do what the fuck they're doing. Okay. All right. Mr. Play It Safe was afraid to fly. He packed his suitcase and kissed his kids goodbye. He waited his whole damn life to take that flight. And as the plane crashed down, he thought, well, isn't this nice? What song is that from? Or what artist is that? I gave you a hint. So you know it's 90s. And I'm saying if this person didn't exist or do what they did, you wouldn't be able to listen to the shit you listen to today. I, well, the, 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 the Grant, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know what that's from. No, yeah, I'm, just yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a dummy dumb. Um, okay. Well, my mind, because we're, we're, we're going off improv. I'm afraid. Okay. I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong because I'm from Seattle. I think you're going to get it. The, you, there are multiple reasons why you should know who this person is. Nirvana. No. <laughs> no. no. The, I'm like, how, I'm like, how would it be based sung? Based off of the music you listen to. Sung? Yeah, okay. You're thinking about one of your favorite genres or type of type of musicians. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't exist mm-hmm. if it wasn't for her. And then or her, so I gave it away already. Yeah. Then also, oh, you said where her, she's from is relevant to you. She's from. God damn. Um, can I get a first letter? Damn, you don't know all those hints. I just thought I would give you such good hints. I'm trying to think of like, well, now my mind's stuck in Seattle, but maybe that was the wrong hint. Well, what about what about singer songwriters in general? Female singer songwriters. Is Seattle the only place that's relevant to you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm joking. Canada. Canadian. Canadian. A female Canadian singer, songwriter. Maybe you just don't know who she is. Name. Okay. Wait. Do you, who are female singer songwriters that you know? Well, I can only think of ones that are way too old. <laughs> this is from the nineties, so yes. No, like Older way ones. like Joni Mitchell, too old. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so Joni Mitchell go, go, and Phoebe you need to Bridgers. Go a little bit lower. This is she's in the Joni Mitchell vein, but she's yeah. she's Joni Mitchell of the nineties. Mm, um, Come on, she's one of the most famous nineties musicians. I'm not gonna stop until you get this. Um, I'm not. Come on. Are you is she got, still alive? Yes. You yeah. got so you got female. You got Canada. Which those two things right there, you should be able to get off. Of. I don't know where all my artists that I listen to are from. You you should. But uh, and then she's from the nineties. Uh huh. She's she basically created she, not created. She basically uh, paved the way for people like Phoebe Bridgers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you think if you think about that, and it's not the cranberries. But damn, they got that same, like, you Does, would think it. You would think some of the songs might be from Cranberries. Oh, Does my God. The phrase, jagged little pill, mean anything to you? No. Okay. okay. Maybe you still don't know who she is. You might I'm not know. I might not. You don't? Is she a solo artist? Is she any any projects? Or is she just by herself? Just by herself. Uh, What's another song? I'm thinking. Um, I don't know if the songs uh, are going to help. Hand in My Pocket. No Apologies. Come on. What's the? Can I get the first letter of her name? A. A. Mm-hmm. 
Amy. I okay. Somebody like I feel yeah. like one of your brothers is gonna be listening to this and be like, Cade. I'm sure probably a lot of people are gonna be listening to this right now. And be like, Cade, <laughs> and I to everybody that's listening. I'm I sorry. guess you don't know who she is. I, there's a good chance. Do you know who Alanis Morissette is? Who? Alanis Morissette. Oh, I've heard the name, and I've probably heard the songs, but I've never like like we were talking about consciously listening to people. Oh. I've never like consciously listened to her. That's ironic. Another Isn't it ironic? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'll okay. go listen to a See, record. You will <laughs> like it. I'm sure. So that, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> because cause at, at some point, it's easy, to, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, it's just because I'm black and he's white. Or I, I'm older and he's younger. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. This is you. Because <laughs> Alanis Morissette is like one, is a Canadian staple. And, she, and she's like, she's, she's in the vein of all those female yeah. singers. So, I mean... I mean that's great. Now that you have something to go yeah, go I'll back go listen and listen to, one to of her, her records, and you'll probably be like, "Wow, I kind of like this." What if I was like, oh. "She's a little, <laughs> no, she's of a course little, I like it. <laughs> she's a little more like intense. They're they're a little more soulful, I guess, or like softer, like folky, or folky. She's folky yeah, she's like, not as folky, but kind of more in your face, right? Yeah, but it's good. I've yeah, definitely like great. heard the name, obviously, like Lance Morissette. Like I've heard, I've just it's like interesting because I've not. It's weird when you when you recognize a name, but you're like, oh, that's like a person I know nothing like about. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I didn't know who the fuck that painter was. Keith Haring. Wow, we. <laughs> this is because we need, so excited. We just needed to feel good about ourselves. Yeah. I should, I'm, I'm gonna let you have that one, Mike. It's Keith Haring. Oh my we god, got one. you we don't got know who Keith Haring is? We have it. what? One, two. Oh my god! I bet you you'll know his art though. I'll show you his art. And you'll know. They kind of look like the paint, the, uh, those lines. You know this art. Yeah. 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 So you guys only know that because it probably made you look smart. I'm sure knowing Alanis Morissette would have also made me look smart. I don't know. That made you look edgy or angsty. I'd rather look, that's my new vibe I'm trying to go for. Edgy and angsty. Yeah, it's my post-quarantine vibe. Trying to go for Edgy and angsty. I mean, I feel like it's your, like, pandemic vibe. My pandemic <laughs> like, vibe, yeah. Current vibe. My newest iteration. The newest okay. kid is angsty and edgy, and he listens to Alanis Morris. <laughs> I don't want to have to edit any more than fucking two hours, so, like, I think we're going to end it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kate. Cheers to, cheers to the 90s. Cheers to the 90s. Thank you for listening. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.